0: Question for you about your um, experience on Legends. I noticed, uh, I know you directed two episodes. Um, tell me about the experience of that. Like, did you, uh, I know it's every, they, every actor says they want to direct, but uh, was, that the, was that the same with you? Like, did you find like challenges that you weren't expecting? And uh, another question, um, do you think you'll ever go back to playing the characters on the CW? Great questions. I, so it's funny, because I actually started directing um, when I was 18. The first thing I did at Oxford was a director of a play um, called The Colored Girls Who Considered Suicide When the Rainbow Is Enough by oh, Intervall Chang. Play. And it's, that's yeah. a transformative play for me in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's so a directors always good in my heart, but I never thought about directing um, screen because it's so technical, mm-hmm. you know, you've but. got so many things to think about. Um, beyond just the emotional side of things. Um, And uh, about 2017, I went up to the producers on Legends and said, I would really love to direct, what can I do? Um, And so I shadowed, I shadowed a couple of directors. I did the Warner Brothers director's course. I wrote and directed a short film. And I just had to basically prove to them over the course of three years that this was serious. It wasn't something that was just like you said, a whim and everyone wants to direct. And um, I was the first one to make all these steps and then, and then Katie and Jess were like, oh, this sounds fun Can we do it too? Um, and it got to the point when they said yes And I, and I felt incredibly honoured And I worked so hard, I think harder than I've ever worked before Just to prepare for that first episode Because, you know, you're learning The show is huge For the budget and for the timescale It's huge The amount of effects, The amount of you know, stunts, special effects um, Time travel, all these things and you're up against the clock, so there's not a moment to, to waste. Um, I watched all of the previous episodes on silent, which really helped, because if you watch it on silent, you can really see the cuts, how the scenes come together, what shots they're doing without being distracted by the production value. Um, and I recorded all of my favorite moments and these sort of reasons why, because um, the biggest thing you're trying to do is build a shot list, so that every single scene, you know exactly how you're gonna shoot it, how it's gonna edit together, so that when you're doing a take, you know, oh, it's okay that that line doesn't work because I'm actually going to use that line from this different shot, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I think the biggest challenge for me, because I love emotion, I love drama, I love acting, um, was the actual the VFX and stunts and figuring out how to make that work. Um, and because the first episode I directed, we had you know, like a 50 foot mushroom erupting out of the ground. We had people who levitated into it. We had all kinds of um, Constantine magic um, and things like that. And we were shooting in the forest until 6 a.m. from 5 p.m. to 6 a.m. three nights in a row. It was raining. So it's just knowing how to get your head around situations like that. Um, also, there will always be a time when you perfectly plan out a scene you got it all shot listed, You come to do the rehearsal. The actors walk on, and they say, eh, "I don't think I don't think I would stand there. I don't think I would do it like that. What about if I go over here?" Blah blah. And you have to you have to go there because their idea might be better than yours. You know, you don't know. You can't crush that creativity. And sometimes I did throw it all away and start fresh. But because I was so prepared, I was able to do that. I knew how to play in the moment, um, which was really fun. It is a guilt pleasure that Kissy Booth, how was your experience working on that trilogy? Uh, do you like doing the rom-com genre and um, are you watching Euphoria, your co-star in Euphoria, would you want to be a part of that? I haven't watched Euphoria. I'm a little bit conflicted about Euphoria because I feel like what I've heard about, that think the bits I have seen, it sort of I feel like, I'm not quite sure that it's a safe space that they create for the traumas that they show I don't really know if it actually is cathartic and therapeutic or whether it's a little bit I I don't really feel from where I am and because of my experiences I want to be exposed to trauma without being held in some way and feeling some kind of cathartism from it So I haven't done it, but maybe I should I hear it's stunning, I hear their cinematography is amazing and the acting is great um, and Kissing Brief was so much fun, again we went back to Cape Town, filming in Cape Town, pretending it was L.A. Um, and Joey King is just a dream. The actors are fantastic, so that was made a really, really, really good, um, experience. I love, I love rom-coms, you know, it's again, it's that kind of, um, idealistic kind of fantasy world, but not, but without the sort of supernatural element, um, yeah. And the character was fun. It's just a real feel-good, and luckily that's what it also felt like on set. Awesome. Which one's your favourite? Um, I guess the first one is... is yeah, the classic character. one. I like the second one. I think the second one's my favourite. Yeah. yeah, it's good fun. Awesome. Thank you. And I'm a little curious about that. I mean, I have a I have a I have a young daughter, and I want to make sure she grows up with uh, some really great role models to look up to. So I'd like to hear more about. It seems like it's something very suited for her. Yeah, definitely. So it, it came around because I don't know if many of you know the DC Universe, but we all film in Vancouver. Um, so you've got like family shows, and uh, we realized there was no space for the predominantly the female actresses to get together and just talk, talk about experiences. We realized a lot of us had quite similar grievances um, that were quite different from our male actors. Um, And and I think often women are sort of pitted against each other, especially within like the acting world, which is just so sad and and, uh, reductive. So we all came together and we started just having meetings and just talking and sharing and sort of creating a safe space um, to help guide each other or to just, just you know, vent. Mm-hmm. And we decided, you know, this is so wonderful, we're getting so much out of this, why don't we try and take this to a wider level within the fandom as well and open this up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started at conventions, and we were multiple ones of us at conventions. We do panels, she thought panels. Um, and it's basically just a space to uh, celebrate. And it's not just for women, you know, anyone can be a part of it. But, it, you know, we just felt that there was not really a space for identifying and non-binary people specifically um, but we're completely open to anyone um, and it's just a space to share space to inspire Um, we have a website where anyone can submit articles and we can discuss those articles they're often very vulnerable very open very honest Um, and it's just about sort of uplifting each other uplifting each other through our own sort of experiences you know what the trials and tribulations we've been through and how that can how we can use those to inspire other people and empower them um, cause so often we're told to sort of keep our uh, most intimate stories and most sort of vulnerable moments to ourselves um, when actually they can be such, they're our strength, they're our superpowers Um, and I think with, what's beautiful about the DC world and the fandom is there's so many amazing people Like you guys are incredible, and we learned so much from meeting you guys And so many intimate, wonderful stories that people have shared with us And um, so this is a platform for other people to learn from those, um, and hopefully build community around it Fantastic. Solid role in uh, The Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, tell us about uh, working in that role at that set and getting directed by JJ Abrams. Absolutely. So, what was it like? Well, JJ is very unique. And of course, because it was my first time, I didn't realize how you know rare it is until much was. later. But um, most times when you're on a set, You'll be there on the, on the set, the actors, the director will come in, you'll block the scene, decide how you're gonna do it, and then he'll go, or she will go away and watch it from a monitor, sort of around the corner, shouts in direction at you. JJ, so I, it's, it's Carrie Fisher and me, my first day, I'm terrified. She's sitting there, I'm sitting here, JJ pulls up a little stool and sits here, and that was how you watched the whole scene, he never left. So the cameras are here on, on, on her and on I, and he's sitting right there, just looking at us, one to the other, rather than looking at a screen at all, he was just completely present, and he just knew that he got it. He give a note from right there, um, and that was so beautiful. I've never had that again. Um, but it also shows how much confidence he has. That he knows the framing is perfect. He knows <laughs> to trust the camera operators. Um, and another thing which was great about J.J. is he wanted to do as little VFX as possible, so the sets. Mostly were completely built, so you would walk into these complete worlds and you see everyone walking around with the actual outfits on, rather than then you know CGIing it all later. Um, and that gives it such a different feel, I think. And it also gives it that you know any shot on film; it all gives it that kind of more vintage feel. Um, Carrie was amazing. She was the most beautiful, sort of kind spirit. Um, you know, I was I was just a day player. But, and yet she made such an effort to make me feel comfortable and she was like come to my trailer and I went and hung out with her and her daughter and her dog and we just chatted Um, and and so it was a really beautiful experience and JJ is you know he's a nerd, he's passionate and so it was really exciting to feel that energy rather than someone who just wants to get it done for commercial value. Right, that's awesome. June, July, August and around. Um, I've also been writing, I'm like, working on my first feature, which I'll be directing hopefully by the end of the year. Um, and I started up a production company called Bareface Productions, which is all about uplifting marginalised voices and creators. So I'm also producing um, a couple of TV shows that have just got in development at the moment. Um, and it's all about just giving the power back to those whose stories are being told. I think one thing I found in the industry uh, was that often experiences that are not homogenous or that are not sort of conventional would often get told for us in ways that I do not necessarily relate to or other people I spoke to didn't feel was an accurate representan- representation of their experiences. So I'm trying to work with having diverse teams that understand the subject matter of each story from the very beginning, from the creative, the producers, the writers, the directors, um, so that we can maintain the authenticity um, of of the stories that are being told, rather than having them told for us. Uh, so that's what I'm kind of really working on: is building that community and also making sure that those filmmakers, those writers, have access to resources, so that they don't have to sacrifice um, their ownership of their stories due to lack of funds um, or lack of contacts. Um, so it's kind of it's a baby that I'm brewing, and, and that is very much. Close to my heart, and I hope that in the next few years we'll start to see those pieces actually reaching the screens.